Hello, everybody, and welcome again, this time to episode four of the Third and Gold podcast. I'm Dan, and I'm joined, as usual, by Rob and Fred. How are we doing, gentlemen? Very well. Good. Yeah. I'm very good, very good. Uh, this episode is going to be our Super Bowl preview, and we're looking ahead to the Super Bowl from the angle of the Kansas City Chiefs' repeat attendances at the Super Bowl. And to do that, we are joined by a very special guest. We have John here. How are you, John? Are you well? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Good. So, as a Tampa fan, John, I'm looking forward to the game. I'm sure you are. Yes. We've met in the earlier season. You took the points or uh, the win, as you will, in that time. There's no points in American football. But uh, tell us how you see it going. How's the Super Bowl going to go? What's your keys to success? And, and how do you ensure you walk away from Tampa with the same result? I think the thing the thing we saw when, when we played the Bucks, and the same thing that we saw at the weekend just gone, is, is that we can put up a lot of points in a short time. So, so we scored three touchdowns in no time against your guys to open the game. We scored three touchdowns in next to no time against Buffalo from from nine nil down to twenty one nine up, and and that's the kind of thing that we we do. We we've done that a few times this season. We've done it a few times last season. We we can put up two or three scores in a row, and and that can just turn a game. Um, last season we were behind in all three playoff games, and and actually the fact that we we can just score, get the ball back, score again, means that we're never out of it. You know, I think from watching Chiefs in years gone by, when we had Alex Smith and then going before that to people like Matt Castle and Kyle Orton, um, you know, the team had ups and downs. But, but once a team was a score down, you were really thinking, is there any way back into this? You know, the team could hold a lead, but the team really couldn't come back. Whereas now I, I just think they're never beaten. You know, last season in the Super Bowl, we were we were double digits down against San Francisco. Yep. With San Francisco having the ball, and we still beat them going away. So uh, the, the general theme—that's that's how we are. We're just a team that can score a lot. We've said that throughout other episodes, and when we us guys have been talking before, that you seem just to be in third gear, and you just do enough. Yeah, you'd look at your record and go, "We—you haven't blown many teams away looking at end results." You've. Mm-hmm. But each time you've just done enough to get ahead and then match the scores and stay ahead, or you've fallen behind and you've increased your effort, you've got ahead and then match the scores to stay ahead. And you seem to be the experts at just doing what you need to do and nothing else. Let's let's expend as little energy and waste as little time as possible to get the win. I think that's partly um, Patrick Mahomes getting smarter as he's now two or three years into his career. Um, you know, He's always had the skills. He's always had the crazy throws. But I think, I think now he's, he's actually probably throwing more short passes because he's actually he's, he's comfortable now. He knows what he can do, and he knows he doesn't have to throw the long passes all the time. And I think tied into that, Andy Reid, although we love him as a coach, the frustrating thing is he does sit on a lead. So there's plenty of time when we get two or three scores up and suddenly he, he just takes all the air out of the game. And, and actually, he lets teams get back into it. And normally, we get away with it. We end up, you know, we, we're 15 points clear. And then he takes the air out of the game. And we end up winning by five points. And the we, Tampa we game this year, right? Mm-hmm. The Tampa you went game. into the fourth quarter 17 points ahead, and you won by three. Yes. Yeah, we let um, Mike Evans score two in quick succession, didn't we? And I mean, yeah. we, we, we do that. I mean, even, although I don't think we were seriously threatened, even at the weekend, we were, we were comfortably clear. 
and then we let them score a touchdown and get the onside kick straight off it. And it's it's one of these. I think with all the things that we we do right, I'm certainly not going to complain. You know, we're, as a Chiefs mm-hmm. fan, we're in a golden age, but but Andy Reid does make it does make it nervous for us. He, John, he, if I could ask you a question, if that's mm-hmm. okay, just on the similar theme to what Dan said. So. Obviously, looking at the Chiefs now and looking at the Chiefs halfway through the season, and obviously you've just continued to win a lot of games very closely. Halfway through the season, a lot of people were telling me, don't worry, come second half of the season, Chiefs are going to start winning games by 20 points because they're keeping a lot of the playbook back. They don't want to reveal themselves too early. Mm-hmm. Obviously, all you've done is generally kept winning games in quite a close fashion. <laughs> were you holding any of that playbook back? Or or is uh, it just like you said, you like to sit on a lead? I think we probably were. I, I think... Um... When you see the kind of plays that, that Andy Reid's dialed up over the last couple of years, he's he's played a couple of them. I mean, he he played a, a funny old reverse where he sent Patrick Mahomes down into the corner and had one of the wide receivers tossing a ball to him, which he just did, just didn't quite manage to hang on to. <laughs> so he, he's he's dropped a couple of trick plays in, but it's one of these where there's never been the need. You know, if we'd been if we'd been ten and four going into the last couple of games. We'd have had to win them. We'd have had to start pulling some of these games out of the playbook. Um, but because we haven't, I, I think there's an awful lot that he just hasn't shown yet. And he, you know, depending on how the, uh, the Super Bowl goes, you might not even see until next season. But I'm, I'm absolutely sure there's a few funny little plays that are waiting in case this game is close into the fourth quarter. But um, I mean, in, in terms of keeping things under covers and just doing enough. Um, I think the thing that, that maybe hasn't been mentioned is because we did keep winning and because we'd already got the number one seed locked up going into the last week, we were able to start Chad Henney and give Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes the rest. And then when Patrick got injured against the Browns, rather than sending in Ch- Chad Henney, having played barely a snap all season, we're, we're sending him in, you know, we've knocked the rust off, we've given him a game that didn't matter. So actually we sent him in a lot fresher and just, I mean, you know, we, we were five points ahead. And if, we, if we'd been turned over on that fourth down, then suddenly, you know, the, the Browns have got the ball in the last quarter, one score down. But I think just the fact that we, we had the luxury of being able to rest players and give people like Chad Henney a start and give him a bit of a, give him a bit of run out as well. It's, it's the other thing. So it's, it's that, that whole idea of what we haven't had to do. You know, it's given us a real luxury as a team. And I think this season, the fact there's only one team gets a bye as well probably emphasises that even more. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the one and two seeds have always had an advantage, but now that's just concentrated that there's only one team that gets that advantage, which probably yeah. actually is, is all the more impressive that, um, that the Bucks have, have done what they did. Um, because obviously the Packers had that same advantage. They had the bye, they had the home, the home advantage. Um and again, you you know you've, you've turned them over, and, and I think deserve to. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we amongst ourselves about like against the Browns and Henny's thirteen-yard run, and then the fourth yeah. down, which you know if mm-hmm. if that had turned the ball over, then that might have put you in a more precarious position. Absolutely. And obviously, before we when we got you in here before we started recording, you said that you'd spent a lot of the season being quite nervy on the basis that you've you know you've been winning games rather than blowing teams out, like you'd probably expect the Chiefs' offence to do. You've been winning by <laughs> two, three, four points. And on that basis, and the nerves that you have suffered this season, I mean, 
at this point, how confident are you for the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, it's, um, it's a head versus heart thing. Um, what my head's told me all season is that we've got a good team. Regardless of the margin, we keep racking up the wins. And what my head's telling me is, yeah, either team could win the Super Bowl, but we are the favourites, and deservedly so. Um, that's not where the certain winners. It's just, if you played that Super Bowl 100 times, we'd win it more than 50. And I, I think it'd be hard to disagree with that. I don't think it's, you know, we're going to win 90%, but I think if you played it 100 times, we'd win 60 or somewhere in the 60s. Um, so my head is saying, don't be too nervous. We, we are with the number one seed for a reason. We, you know, we've, we've got a team that's basically almost entirely the same team that won it last year. You know, we haven't had to tear the team up. So all these guys have got really fresh experience of doing this on the biggest stage. So my head's telling me that. My, my heart is just, I'm the kind of fan who I'm, I'm always nervous. If, unless we're two or three scores up with one minute to go, I'm, I'm constantly twitchy. And it does nothing for my nerves sitting watching us every single game, fourth quarter, we're within one game. And it's 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 that head versus heart that I, I know full well. If, if, especially when I look back at the game and sort of rewatch the highlights afterwards, I think, well, what was I worrying about? We were, you, know, you start watching it back, you think, yeah, we're obviously we were the better team there. But at the time, when you you know when you're four points clear of a team you really should be beating, and there's only five minutes to go, you know you're one mistake away from disaster. On that point, then, is there any games where you thought, right, actually, we are going to lose this? They've got possession, three or four minutes to go. This is where we learn our lesson. Well, I, to be honest, I, I I thought the the Falcons were going to were going to do us. I really thought they were going to do us. <laughs> <laughs> but they <laughs> falconed it as always. Yeah, it's a crazy one. And and we we um we played the Panthers in the first half of the season and beat them by I think we beat them by three. And and again, that was just one of these ones where there were spells where we were comfortably better than them and should have put it away. We just didn't put it away and didn't put it away. And, and you know, you're, again, you're in the last five minutes and you're you're not even a, not even a touchdown ahead. You're a field goal ahead. Mm. Um, but I mean, this is the this is the other thing that, for all I think that we are the favourites going into the game, mm-hmm. um, we played we played the Raiders this season and there's absolutely no doubt that looking over the season looking over the two squads we're a better team than the Raiders and yet they beat us and they didn't beat us on a a weird blunder or a bad refereeing call they we had a shootout and they outgunned us and it it was it was hard to take you know in the in the context of the season then you get to the end of it it was one defeat in a 14 and 2 season but but at the time you're sitting there watching your division rivals and for all that we might have been, you know, 80% chance of winning that game, it was one of those weeks where the 20% chance came in. And that's a thing that, that does worry you because because the Bucs aren't, aren't mugs. They're not pushovers. You know, if I'm saying we've got a team that's done it on the biggest stage, then obviously you've got to say the same about the fact that Tom Brady's leading the Buccaneers. And, you know, you've got, you've got genuine studs like Mike Evans and, and Godwin, You've got Gronk, who's who's done it with with Tom Brady. On, I mean, what they've been together for three or four of the wins. Um, so, I mean, you, it's one of these where both teams have got have got a lot of players who've done it before. So, in terms of why we might not win it, probably the single biggest reason why we might not win it is Tom Brady, because he's he's the X factor. <coughs> you know, the fact he's 
he's got six rings. The fact he he's done it in so many different ways with so many different types of teams. I mean, you could almost say, possibly apart from when he had Randy Moss and Wes Welker, that you know this year he's maybe got his best receiving core of any of his any of his teams that have gone to the Super Bowl. Um, so he's, you know, I could say oh, he's forty three. He's past it, but we all know full well he's been. He's played better in his 40s than most quarterbacks play in their 20s and 30s. So, so the, the biggest single concern is that, is that Brady has a big day. You know, he's given up three, three picks, was it, in the championship? Yeah, and still that, You know, is, has he got all that out of his system in the championship? And he's, um, he's, he's made all his mistakes early. That would, be, um, that would be worrying if he had a big game. The other thing he, he's capable of it. <clears throat> He's capable of it, I think. And we've got, as you say, we've got receivers there that, that can hurt you if your defence and secondary are not on a day. Um, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you mentioned Gronk. We've seen Scotty Miller catch a 40-yard touchdown on the stroke of halftime, one-on-one. We haven't even mentioned Antonio Brown, who would be mm-hmm. you know, wide receiver one for probably a third of the teams in this league. Um, and the two-week break gives us a chance to get, get him back fit as well. Ronald Jones... And Leonard Fournette. Uh, Leonard Fournette scored a touchdown in every playoff game so far this year. So they're finding form at the right time. Mm-hmm. Bucks have won seven straight. They've never won seven straight. So I think Tampa have things to worry you on the offensive side of the ball. I am intrigued by the other side. I am high up on the Tampa defense. Um, the pass rush we have. Our secondary is not great. Tyreek Hill against Carlton Davis in the first game was just a mismatch beyond belief mm-hmm. for the first half hour of that game. Uh, how they can leave someone one-on-one with Tyreek Hill <laughs> for 200 yards in a quarter and then still expect him to do it as well rather than go, yeah, we might need to give him some help now. Just seemed ludicrous as a fan sat watching. Um, that was not but, watching him go to, go to Hill over and over again and just... Yeah. I mean, again, I know they, they toned it right down in the second half, but at half-time, we're all thinking, well, we're looking at what's the record for, you know, receiving yards in the game, because he was already on about 200 at half-time. Yeah, he, he was on for an 800-yard game or something ludicrous at one stage, like ending the first on 200 yards. I think a lot of it, we adjusted and we went, I think we doubled up Kelsey and we doubled up Hill and kind of said, well, take your chances with everybody else and we'll, we'll see how we get on, um, which fared us out okay. I think we can get to Mahomes, though. Um, you've got Eric Fisher out, I believe. He's yes. definitely out. Yeah, he's definitely out. It's hamstring. And that, that's, <clears> so throat> if throat> Tom Brady's my biggest concern, our O-line is the second biggest because um, our best two players last year were Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher. And mm-hmm. Mitchell Schwartz went down early this season. And he's missed basically the whole season. Yeah. Uh, Eric Fisher was our was our number one draft pick, so number one in the first round about six or seven years ago. He's been on a couple of Pro Bowls. He's he's really reliable, um, and so he you know he's just literally gone down towards the end of the, the championship game. So I think the, the likely starting line now is going to be I think everyone's going to be a day three pick or an undrafted player. There's there's no there's no studs now on the the old line. So, and we've just spoke about our D-line mm-hmm. bringing back Peter Vea from injury. Huge interior lineman. He only played 30 snaps against Green Bay. But we saw an increase in production from Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett with five sacks between them because of the internal pressure that Vea got. So that'll be interesting 
without Eric Fisher and Schwartz in there, Via can get in amongst them. I mean, two weeks to get healthier, right? Coming off a broken mm-hmm. ankle. Can we cause Mahomes some problems and mm-hmm. and get to him quick enough that he doesn't have the chance for the quick pass out to Kelsey and the long pass out to Hill? Uh, I don't know. It's it's going to be tight, but the row line rubbish do, our D-line excites me. So Because mm-hmm. actually, quite apart from the, the pass rush side, um, with us having a banged up O-line, you actually might do better than you'd have thought at stopping the run. Um, because now we haven't got a great O-line to make those holes. People are going to have to try and go around the go around the outside. It's a lot harder to make those yards. And if, if you're able to stop the run and cut that off, then it means we're going to have to, to pass all the time and be a bit more one-dimensional, uh, which is a different way to beat us, I guess. People don't run on us anyway. We've got the best run defence in the league. Um, I'm just having a look at the last game. Even with Bell and Alaire playing, you only put up 87 yards, and that includes Mahomes rushing for 28 of them. So yeah, I, I know that, but um, I mean, at, the, at the weekend, both both Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and um, Darrell Williams got a touchdown, mm-hmm. and yep. Lev Bell's likely to be back as well. And actually, Darwin Thompson's available if any of those three are missing. So we've, we've got the depth there. Um, obviously, Mahomes can chip in a little bit as well. Um, so, I mean... I, It'd be interesting. I think we we've got an okay rush, but if the O line means that you can really shut that off, that's that's another way for us to lose the game. Yeah, I'm going to ask a what might seem a little bit of a stupid question here based on what happened at the weekend. <laughs> no, the Falcons shouldn't have won against them. Rob. Stop it. <laughs> Should the Falcons? Have <laughs> um, obviously, Mahomes has been suffering with turf toe a mm-hmm. little bit. Obviously, had that concussion as well, which um, he's obviously recovered from and exited the concussion protocol. Watching the game against the Bills, I wouldn't say it really hampered you. Obviously, put up plenty of points and won the game. My view was in the... We covered this in um, our conference championship review episode, and my thoughts were in the first quarter, he looked a little bit... Not stiff, but he didn't seem to move much out of the pocket. There didn't seem to be a lot of movement. It seemed to be he'd get the snap, make a quick throw. I don't know whether that was because he was suffering with his foot a little bit. I think as the game grew on, it did seem to be a bit more mobile. Mm -hmm. We have done a little bit of research on turf toe, but we're not doctors or physiotherapists, so we don't really know what we're talking about. But I think it it seems to be one of those things which can linger for a long time unless you give it plenty of rest. And he's not got the rest because he's he's playing games. He'll want to be on the practice field. So does the turf toe and does that concern you at all? Do you think it's going to have any lingering effect or change the game plan? It's it's an interesting one. I, I think I think he probably will rush a little less or move out of the pocket a little less. I don't think it's it's not one of these ones where he's you know he's twisted an ankle and he's going to be hobbling. It'll stop him altogether. He just might, you know, he might rush twice in the game rather than four times, and he might move might move out of the pocket twenty percent of the time rather than thirty or forty percent. I don't think it's a it's a stopper. It might just tweak some of the balance of the play. Um, it's it's interesting. Um, I, I thought the Bills were bringing the blitz a couple of times to get after him, and so I think part of the reason he was passing quickly was was to escape the blitz and just to, to go down on them that, that way. The the other thing about the way that the early game was was going, 
was was when the Bills scored their their field goal to open it up, and then we got the ball uh, on that first drive. Um, Mahomes threw a lovely pass over the top, which would have been a forty-yard catch for Hill, and he it just fumbled it with his fingertips. Um, and actually, I think if you completely forget what Mahomes' feet were doing, if Tyreek Hill had reached a little and got that ball, you'd have been talking about that opening quarter very differently, and you probably wouldn't have seen the same thing there. And this is one of the things where you often you sort of, you put this kind of narrative on what Mahomes is doing when actually a lot of it's affected by what other people are doing, whether it's the, the build blitzing or, or Tyreek not quite bringing in a pass. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it'll be serious. I think you're right. From from the last couple of weeks, all the Chiefs fans have become instant experts on turf toe as well because we're all Googling it. And I think you're right. It's not It's not a serious thing. It's more a lingering thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing that can knock you by 5% all season rather than putting you out of a game. And there is some talk that he's he's fine for another game, but he might have a, the doctors have a little look at it and a little surgical procedure in the off-season um, straight after the Super Bowl, just so he's got a, a bit of recovery time. That's about the limit yeah. of my life, right? Well, I mean, another thing that we spoke about was, um, obviously, Cole Beasley had a, had a great game for the Bills. Um, mm-hmm. And he was supposedly doing that on a broken leg. So I'm sure if, if Beasley can perform like that with a broken yeah. leg, I'm sure that Mahomes can uh, play in a Super Bowl to the best of his ability and play through it um, with some turf toe. And you're right. I I, I didn't realise he had that, and I wouldn't have thought it from watching the game. I'd, I'd read that afterwards. And yeah, it's it is startling sometimes what some of these some of these pros will play through. The number of ones that play through, you know, tears. Um, yeah, as you say, broken ribs or cracks. Um, it's it's not what they will go through. They, for all people talk about teams' efforts or whether teams are tanking or whatever. When you get these players out on the pitch, they just want to play and they will they will run through walls to get on the pitch. John, speaking objectively for a second, mm-hmm. what sort of offense do you feel in? could really hurt the Chiefs and second part do Bucks have that style you think that you might be susceptible to um, if that makes sense mm-hmm. um, in, in terms of in terms of the offence we we can be run on we absolutely can be run on we we probably in terms of how much how much we give up in terms of yards per play we probably give up more on runs and little design dump off and slot receiver passes because actually we're, we're pretty good at breaking up the deep balls. We don't give a very high um, completion percentage. So it's, it's one of these where I, I think the thing that Tampa Bay need to do is not make mistakes because I think we've, we've discussed some of the, the sort of the depth of attacking talent you've got. I mean, we've just in the last 20 minutes, we've, we've mentioned Godwin, Evans, Brady, Rojo, Fournette, Gronk. You've mm. certainly got the talent. What I've said about the Chiefs running up quite a few points in quite a short time is that if we score a touchdown and then our defence gets a stop or a turnover and then we go and score again, we can suddenly be off in the distance. And, you know, the, the, the time we got, I mean, we, we got beaten by the Chargers in, the last game, but that, that was a, that was a you know a, a reserve team we put out. The one time we got beaten this season was a shootout. It was a straight shootout. It was both teams were scoring touchdown after touchdown. It was 
70 or 80 points scored. And it was almost one of these last team to score wins. And that happened to be the Raiders. I don't know if you remember a couple of years back when we played the Rams and they beat us, was it 54-51? And it was just, mm. it was score, score, score. It was the, you know, we, we set a record as the highest scoring losing team ever. <laughs> Not really a record you want to set. And I think that's that's really how the, the Bucks will beat us. We know they've got the they've got the attacking talent, and I know full well on any given play you can beat us. It's it's whether you you do beat us. You know we've got we've got Frank Clark who's going to try and uh, sit on Tom Brady a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We enjoyed doing that when he was a Pat. He'll try and do it again. We've got Tyron Matthew who who is who is a, a really good intelligent playmaker. He's our wild card in defence. You know he. He's got license to roam around the field uh, and make plays, and he keeps making plays. He's he's in the same vein that um, Eric Berry used to be for us for a few years, where he's a defensive captain in the backfield, and and Andy Reid trusts him to take a few steps back, see what the play's going to be, and actually you know move. He doesn't sort of you know he doesn't suddenly run thirty yards and make an amazing tackle. He runs ten yards and makes an amazing tackle because he's already moved 20 yards before the play because he's read what's going to happen. And he does that over and over again, and he, he always gets a, a key pass broken up or interception, um, and he, he keeps doing it. And again, if he does that, you know, we score a touchdown, and then Tom Brady throws a pass to, to Mike Evans, but it ends up in Tyron Matthews' hands instead, and we go down the field and score again. That's that's how we beat you. I don't think the Chiefs that have let the Bucks get away with three interceptions like the Packers. No. Um, no. Like, like the Packers did at the weekend. I think you know, if that's the Chiefs intercepting that, then they could put up three touchdowns on those three interceptions and the Packers didn't take advantage of that. And I think it's a different story if that happens in uh, in the Super Bowl. I think as yeah, an I aside... Think oh, going, sorry. No, go on. As an aside, to me... Both QBs, bear in mind they're very experienced QBs in that game, looked a bit froze, like froze a little bit, looked a bit scared, looked a bit nervous quite deep into that game. <laughs> You'd have thought Brady wouldn't do that twice. You'd have thought, because he's had so much experience in that in that environment. I was amazed, you know, he gave away three interceptions. He won't do that this week, surely. I'll be intrigued to see what difference, if any, the, the home Super Bowl makes. Because, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's a big headline. And we are the home team as well, right? So we've got Home locker room, home side of the field, choice mm-hmm. of uniforms. Toy We've got that ship. bonus, which I think is massive. If we become the away team in our own ground and it's not quite set as usual, that's mm-hmm. a that's a weird anomaly to to your norm, right? But mm-hmm. we are playing it as normal. The players are staying at home. They're treating it as a normal home regular mm-hmm. season game. And and actually, because because of COVID. Because the you know the whole of Tampa Bay won't suddenly become a media circus because people are going to yeah. have to keep away. It'll feel a lot more normal as well that way, you know, rather yeah. than be part of a carnival. It'll be interesting um, because you know before this season, um, home advantage is typically worth about three three and a half points averaged over the season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not been this year. I think this year, I think home teams and away teams have won the same number of games. So there's been basically no advantage. And I wonder if this will be worth, you know, a three-point start to your guys. 
hopefully there's going to be 22,500 people there. I think we've only been allowed 16 for regular season games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a shame I've been to Tampa when it's full when there's probably still only been 16,000 Tampa fans in the stadium anyway. That's the problem we've had. I think the Brady effect may have changed that this year and we haven't got to experience it, sadly. But uh, the rest of it's normally full of other teams' fans. But <laughs> it's for me going into the game, there's something that affects every game in every sport, NFL probably more than most. Um, and that's a little thing called momentum. And I think Tom Brady for us and the whole of the Chiefs team are two of the best exponents of using momentum to their advantage. John has said, if they score and score again, they punish you. Tom Brady's the same. If you can get the ball and run the clock and use his experience, he'll do it that way. Momentum shifts between a game and both of these teams will use it when they've got it. It's which one uses it best, I think, on the day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you know what? If we go back to what we said about the, the Chiefs beating the Bucks in the regular season, um, that put you at seven and five. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point, probably it was 50-50 you were going to be in the postseason. Correct, yeah. From seven and five at that point. And you've not lost since. You've not, not lost um, since the regular season. You, you, won, you won out from that point. We did a bit before the... The, the season and the, during that game and I said we come back to what we would from our buyer with what we would consider four winnable games uh, and that builds momentum going into the playoffs and that's exactly what we've done we won all four of them we had the, the Falcons twice the Vikings and the Lions and we rode that momentum straight away through um, we've won seven we've now got an opportunity to we've now achieved something no thing, nobody's ever done before and we've got the opportunity to better that and achieve something else so mm-hmm. You didn't, have to say your, you didn't have to say who your oppositions were, I'm just saying. Did you lose by a lot or a little? Were you going to claim that <laughs> one as well? <laughs> so, John, anyone, anyone else got anything to ask John while we're here? No, that was great. No? Good. Magic. John, we are going to need, though, sir, a score prediction from you. <laughs> Where are you going? So How many of the bucks are winning by? <laughs> I'm going to hate to disappoint you here. But... <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say 34-24. 34-24 to my Chiefs. And mm. seeing as I'm on form in the betting, I'm <laughs> going to predict Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the first touchdown scorer. He's 16-1 with Skybet. Oh, <laughs> there we go. So. We don't give up many running touchdowns, so that's an interesting mm-hmm. shout. Um, John, tell everyone listening, if you can, where they can follow you on Twitter before we go. So you give okay, yourself a plug. If you're bored enough to follow me personally, I'm at Cartwright John. But um, the, the main thing to follow would be Arrowheads Abroad, which yep. is the uh, the UK and Europe um, Chiefs fan club. Uh, yep. You can find that on um, on both Twitter and Facebook. And um, most seasons, 2020 apart, we have two or three get-togethers um, around the country for a, a watch party for games. Um, so 2019, we met up once in London, once in Newcastle, once in Bristol. On game days, got a gang of us, about 10 or 12 each time, had a few beers, watched the game, uh, had some great fun. So if you're, if you're a Chiefs fan who hasn't heard of Arrowheads Abroad, look us up. And uh, once lockdown is over, come and join us for a game. There we go, guys. So you can all go and console yourself together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of revenge against the Bucks the following year. <laughs> I'm trying to be independent, but this doesn't happen often for me, so I'm going to enjoy it. Sorry, um, right, guys. If we're we're all done, we're going to thank John, thank you, Fred, thank you, Rob, 
And we will see you all soon with the Bucks perspective on the Cup coming Super Bowl. Cheers, yeah. guys. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Bye.